thank you so much for joining with us and praying with us. It's awesome to be a part of a big family, right? It's awesome to be a part of the body of Christ that is bigger than you and me. It's bigger than what we do here on Sundays. God is at work all over the world, and it's so incredible to be able uh, to be a part of that. Well, today I'm going to uh, be sharing a message with you entitled, entitled Good Ground. And I'm gonna talk about I'm gonna talk about being the kind of person that is really good ground. This past uh, Friday, uh, I, and I don't know how good a ground I am sometimes. Sometimes I can be stubborn and hard-headed. And uh, this past Friday, I was, I was paying very, very, very close attention. Uh, our health minister had a press conference. Did any of you notice, know that uh, this past Friday? Uh, he had a press conference, and I, I was very paying very close attention to that because, to be honest with you, I was really listening for one thing. Now, I pay attention to all this stuff, but I was really listening for one thing, and that one thing was related to this. Um, now, I know some of you, you're, uh, you're, you're introverts, and uh, you have really embraced the mask wearing because it just helps you to further hide from everybody. Um, but for two years now, we've been wearing these, uh, these masks, and, uh, and man, I'm just ready for that to be over. You know, some of you are already getting upset, and you're like, oh, Pastor, you know, you just need to understand these are important. I'm not here to debate you on the efficacy of mask wearing during a global pandemic. I'm not going to debate you on that. You can have your opinions. I'm sure everyone in this room has read all of the different scientific studies from around the world, and you have your own opinion about mask wearing, and that's wonderful. You can have that, and I'm not going to share mine with you from the pulpit. That's not the place for me to share my opinion with you on that, but I am going to say this. I'm tired of wearing them. Because it, it's just inconvenient. It's hot in Durban, guys. It's hot. You, some of you grew up here. You don't know. You don't know. It's hot and it's humid. And these things, man, and I, I don't, it, I, I know you're supposed to be able to breathe through them. And we're supposed to get, you know, all this air through them. And that's perfectly fine because it, it keeps COVID out, but we can get air. I know all that works. Uh, I, I understand all of that, but it's hard to breathe. But more, I'll tell you how it's affected my life more than anything else. And I didn't know this about myself, but I have a hard, I have found that I often have a hard time understanding now when people are talking to me. Because here's what I learned through this last couple of years of mask wearing is that I apparently was pretty dependent on reading lips when somebody was talking to me to make sure I could understand what they were saying. And let's just be real, real about it. I'm a foreigner in a foreign land. All y'all's accents, guys. And here in Durban, you don't have just one accent. You got all kinds of accents going on. And that's hard for a, a Texas boy. And I know my accent's hard for some of you guys as well. So without being able to read lips, it's hard to understand what people are saying. And so I was listening very closely, hoping that our health minister would say, and he had a couple comments on it. Basically, he said, we're not making that decision right now, but I'm going to keep hoping and praying uh, because I need to know what people are saying when they're talking to me because I can hear, but I can't understand. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about the difference between just hearing and understanding because as followers of Jesus Christ, we have to be people who are
are applying and understanding what God is saying to us in our lives. I, I, here's, here's where we're at. I believe that the lack of having ears to hear cuts me off from the benefits of the relationship. I'm put it, again, let me, let me put it in a, in a practical way. I, I'm at a restaurant, and I'm trying to order, and, and bless their heart, that, that waiter or waitress, they're wearing that mask. Has this happened to you in the last two years? You think you're ordering one thing, and then they come to the table with something else? And, and, and you're trying to go through the process of ordering, and you, get, you just get so worn out by the whole thing that you just start agreeing to anything, and then you just don't even know what you're going to get? Anybody but me. I've, I've had some strange things on my plate, some strange things in my drink for the last, well, that came out wrong. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean it like that. When I can hear what they're saying, but I'm not understanding, and then I find myself agreeing to things, I find myself frustrated in communication, all because of these masks. But the truth is, if I'm really honest, uh, and if a lot of us in this room would be honest, uh, we've had communication problems, we've had listening problems long before masks, haven't we? That's given us an excuse, it's given us a crutch, but the, but the truth is, many of us struggle and have struggled with listening for a very, very long time. Here's the thing, friend, a part of growing and developing as a follower of Jesus Christ means that we grow and we develop in our listening skills. Any relationship, if it's going to be fruitful, is a relationship in which the people who are communicating or the individuals who are communicating really learn not just to hear what each other are saying, but really listen and take into consideration what the other person is saying. I wonder how many times our relationships suffer because we aren't fully hearing, we aren't fully listening. I wonder how many times our relationships with God, our relationship with God suffers because we may hear his word, we may listen to his word, we don't really hear it. We're not really, we're not really applying it in our lives. Bible talks about that. Jesus himself, in fact, has a, it's almost an entire chapter where he tells a series of parables, and really, it's all about it's all about the 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 life uh, where a person really learns to not just hear what God, not just listen to what God's saying, but hear really apply it to their lives. When it comes to communication, what I understand is that. Fruitful communication and fruitfulness in the kingdom of God really is about what I'm going to do with the information that is coming my way. Some of us, if we're, if we're really honest, some of us struggle in really receiving the benefits of a relationship or receiving from people because, because oftentimes we can't receive from them uh, due to past situations or circumstances. What do you mean by that, Pastor? I mean, some of us, like maybe in our relationship with our boss or our spouse or a sibling or a parent or, or, or somebody in our life, they talk to us, but we really don't hear them. We turn a deaf ear to them because they've hurt us in the past or something bad has happened in the past and our heart has grown cold or hard toward that person. And so they can talk to us all day long, but we really don't hear what they're saying. Hello? 
And so as a result of not really listening, not really hearing, not really applying what they're saying, we just cut ourselves off from all of the benefit, all of the fruitfulness of that relationship. Our heart is stone cold. It's hard. And so we don't receive from them. And some of us, some of us, when it comes to fruitfulness in our life through relationships, we, we're, we're, maybe it's not like that. Maybe our heart isn't cold and, and bitter. But, but perhaps we're the kind of person who gets easily excited about things. We get emotional about things. And somebody shares with us a, a new idea, a new diet, a, a, an opportunity for a job. And we're like, yes, I'm going to do that. I'm all excited about that. And it lasts about as long as our New Year's resolution last come on it's right it's the first of february don't raise your hand but how many of you are still on that on that diet that you were going to start this year right how many of you are still doing that new year's resolution some of you started that bible reading plan january 1st where are you at now how far behind have you gotten See, here's the thing, many of us, many of us, we've, we've got all the information about how to be a success, how to turn around our finances, how to have a better marriage, but when it gets a little bit difficult, when it gets a little bit hard, we bail, right? Some of us, some of us, it's maybe a little bit different than that. Maybe, maybe, Randy, uh, maybe Randy doesn't have a hard heart or Randy's character isn't as such that he runs when, when things get difficult or hard. Maybe, maybe Randy's attention is just divided so much. That even though I know something is powerful and even though I know something is good, because my heart is in two different places, because my attention is divided, I can't really, I can't really learn. I can't really hear. I can't really apply what would be good and beneficial in my life. <laughs> Think about it. How, how many of you have ever been in a situation where somebody is talking to you, uh, but you're, you're looking at your phone? And you've been called out on it? Are you even listening to me right now? Oh, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm hearing everything you're saying. My wife says it all the time. She tells me, no, not about that. Yes, about that. But she says multitasking is a lie. You can't multitask. It really is a lie. If you know anything about brain science, it really is a lie. The idea here is that you know, we try, we try to benefit from powerful communication. We try to benefit from the fruit of a relationship with an individual. But when our heart is divided, when we try to listen to two different things at the same time, we're not going to really get the benefit of what we're listening to. Many of us, if we're really honest in our lives, what we've, we've come to understand is that when it comes to communication, when it comes to fruitfulness in our life, when it comes to really receiving the benefit of the blessing that comes in relationship with God, we're suffering. And oftentimes it has to do with impatience. See, impatience kills us. We're all about fruitfulness. Here in the kingdom of God, those of us who are Christians, we talk about fruitfulness a lot. Like we go around talking about, oh, I want to be fruitful. I want to be fruitful and multiply. That's what God's word says. But, but here's the thing. We want, we want fruitfulness without, without the character of rootedness. And in the passage that I'm going to read to you today, Jesus talked about that. He talked about how if we're going to have fruitfulness in our life, we have to have rootedness 
in our life. And many of us want the fruitfulness, but we don't want the rootedness. The passage I'm going to read to you is found in Mark chapter 4. Again, there are four different parables that are told in Mark chapter 4, and all of them really are around the same idea, the same concept that Jesus is driving those who are listening to him around. Listen, Jesus says this in verses 3 through 9. Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell on the path, and the birds came up and ate it. Some fell on the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns which grew up and and, and choked out the plants, so they did not bear grain. Still others, still other seed fell on good ground. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some a hundredfold. Then Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. I love that phrase. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. In the Gospels, Jesus says that seven times. It's found seven more times in the book of Revelation when Revelation is being given through, uh, through the apostle uh, to the church. And so 14 times we see that phrase, he who has an ear to hear, let them hear. I love that phrase and it always makes me chuckle when I read it because what else are ears for other than hearing? I know some of you ladies, it's, it's just an accessory. But besides accessories, what else is an ear for than hearing? And, and yet Jesus makes this statement, he who has an ear, let them hear. It, it's, Jesus wasn't being silly. He was actually using a common expression of his day to basically just as he started the passage saying, listen up. Pay attention. What I'm about to say to you isn't up for debate. It's not up, it's not up to doubt. If you really want the fruitfulness of the kingdom, you need to pay attention to, you need to hear what I am saying to you. We're all about fruitfulness, but the question is, are we the kind of people who really have ears to hear? Are we good ground or are we bad ground? Are we good ground or are we bad ground? I know, I know we don't like to use that word bad. We don't want anyone to ever feel bad about themselves. So maybe I'll stop using that word bad. But the reality is there's two types of ground. There's ground that bears fruit and there's ground that doesn't. There's ground that bears fruit, and there's ground that doesn't bear fruit. See, Jesus made it, made it very, very clear to those who were with him that day. He told them four different parables, all trying to say the same thing. And what he was trying to say to them was, listen, you must be good ground. You must have ears to hear. You must not only hear the words that I'm saying, but you have to apply them to your life if you really want to enjoy the benefit of fruitfulness. Here's the thing. Just as Jesus was there teaching those people that day, what he wanted them to understand was that there is no, there is no shortage of information. 
In fact, if you read the four parables and you read the explanation that Jesus gave to his disciples, and I would encourage you during your daily 20 this week to go back to this chapter and to really read it and meditate on it. For those of you who are not normally a part of North Place or you've never heard us talk about our daily 20, our daily 20 here at North Place is a commitment that we have made within our community. See, all of us who are here have made this commitment to one another that we are going to set aside a minimum of 20 minutes every day. We're going to take five minutes and we're going to set aside time for worship, at minimum five minutes. There are many people in this room who spend hours a day worshiping, but at a minimum, we're all going to set aside five minutes. We're going to set aside five minutes in which we're going to, we're going to get into the Word and we're going to read the Word. And so I'd encourage you during that five minutes, at minimum this week, get into this chapter and read it. We, we've all committed that at least five minutes we're going to pray and then five minutes we're going to listen to what God says to us. And I would encourage you that when you're reading this passage, this chapter this week, ask the Lord what he's saying to you. As you read the passage, what you're going to find is that as Jesus was talking to those people who were following them, he really was saying that there are people who are hearing what I'm saying, but they're not really listening. There's all kinds of people, he made it clear to his disciples, who are going to hear my parables, but they're never going to understand them. They're never really going to apply them to my life. And so this distinction was being drawn between good ground and ground that wasn't productive. And the way that that distinction was made was simply this is the word that is happening the coming into their life is it being applied or is it not being applied is it bearing fruit or is it not bearing fruit see here's the thing in 2022 we don't have an information problem we have an implementation problem there has never ever been a time in history in which more information has been accessible to more people than right now. There has never been a time in history in which a more diverse group of people all over the world have had access to more information than right now. You can take this little phone out of your pocket or out of your purse and you can use it to find out just about anything about anything. Now, in the South, where I'm from, in the United States, we have something we like to eat called hash browns. Have you ever heard of hash browns? You guys call them roasties, rosties or roasties, I think. Just shredded up potatoes, clumped together, and you put them on the, you put them on the fryer and you fry them up. Now, listen, we, we, we're serious about our hash browns in the South. We don't take them lightly. We, like you guys, take your curries, we take our, we take our hash browns very seriously. And I have been on a quest really throughout a large part of my adult life to get that perfect hash brown. Because it just seems like you try to you cook that thing and it gets mushy and it's not right. Like when it's right, it's nice and crispy. You know what I'm talking about? So recently we got this new griddle thing that we, uh, we, we, cook, we cook out a lot. Uh, you guys do your braai thing. We grill where I'm from. And I got this new grill type thing, but it's like a flat top griddle. And I've been so excited about cooking the perfect hash browns. So we shredded up some potatoes not long ago, and I tried to cook these hash browns, and they did not turn out well. I mean, I shredded them up. I thought I had the perfect tool, this flat top griddle. It's going to be perfect. It's going to be just like I have romanticized and remembered the perfect hash brown, and they were terrible. They were mushy on the inside. They got burned on the outside. It wasn't good. But here's what I did. I got on YouTube, 
And I found on YouTube there were countless videos on how to cook the perfect hash brown. And sure enough, I watched those videos. <laughs> I have to admit, I watch for hours, guys. <laughs> I'm hungry and I'm in search. So I watched hours of these videos and, and even last night. We cooked on the griddle, and I enjoyed the perfect hash brown. Why? Because information is available. You know what the secret to a good roastier hash brown is? You've got to dry out your potatoes. I, I'm, that's free. That's not even in my notes. I'm telling you. I learned that on YouTube. You don't even have to go look. You shred those suckers up, and then you take a t paper towel, you spread them out, you roll them up, you dry them out, you get all the water out. They'll cook up perfect and crisp every time. It'll work. You can get information about anything. You want to learn about anything. You want to learn how to do anything. You can look it up online. There's all kinds of information, but here's the deal. If that information isn't applied in our life, what value does it have? Many of us in the church have to admit we have to admit there's more information available to us than at any time in history for us to know what it means to be a disciple, to know what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. There's no lack of information. You can go on the internet right now. You can go to the bookstore right now and you can get books. You can get podcasts. You can get YouTube videos. You can get all of the information you want about being a disciple, about being a Christian, about being a follower of Jesus. The problem isn't a lack of information. The problem is a lack of implementation in our lives. I'll admit there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of garbage that's out there on the internet. You don't want to just take anything that you say because there's a lot of people out there who are spewing garbage, taking the Bible out of context, making it say whatever they want to say. You have to use discretion in what you're listening to. But here's the thing. There's so many tools that are available on the Bible. When I, when I first started as a student studying for ministry, I remember, having to, I remember having to walk to the other side of the university campus to go into our, to go into our library. And I remember having to search through, you know what the Dewey decimal system is and card catalog and all that. Some of you are old enough to know about that stuff, right? And I would have to go search through all of these old dusty cabinets to find the right commentary, the right Bible study tool. I remember that, but there was this shift that happened even when I was in university that all of that information that was contained in libraries and dusty books all of a sudden was put online. And now I can study whatever I want to study. I can study the Greek and the Hebrew etymology of any word. I can find out the context and the history of any passage all online. I don't have to go and just listen to nonsense teaching. I can actually study the Bible and all the tools are there on the internet. We don't have any reason to not know our scripture. We have no reason to not know what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to be a disciple, to know what Jesus said and then to apply it in our life and do what Jesus did. We can be a disciple and the information is available to us. The question is whether or not we will engage it. Jesus outlined four different responses in this passage of Scripture of how people would respond to him. 
Now, I know I was talking about garbage that you find on the Internet and garbage teaching that's out there. This passage of Scripture is one that's often taken out of context and that is taught as garbage. People have taken this passage where Jesus talks about the 30, 60, and 100-fold return, and they've turned it all into a get-rich scheme, you know, a Jesus lottery thing where you come to church, and if you throw money in the offering, then you play, you know, you pull the Jesus slot machine, and you may get 30, you may get 60, you may get 100. We've all heard that false teaching. They've taken Jesus' words out of context and they have applied it to what makes us feel good about ourselves they've applied to our greed or our desire for more stuff and that's that that stuff is out there but that's not what this passage is all about this passage is not all about me getting rich quick by throwing a few dollars in the offering or a few rands in the offering this passage is all about how my heart responds to the truth as Jesus word is declared to me how I respond to what Jesus says and what Jesus did and he goes through four different responses. In the first response, we see very, very clearly there are times in our lives when our hearts become hard and we lose all receptivity toward God. And in those times, because our hearts are hard or because our hearts are cold or they're hard or they're cold in a certain area, we are not receiving the benefit or the blessing of relationship in the kingdom because we are hard-hearted. My mom used to call me hard-headed when I was a kid. Anybody else get called hard-headed? I, I just wouldn't listen. Is it possible that there's some areas in your walk with Jesus? Is it possible that there's some areas in my walk with God that I'm not experiencing fruitfulness because I just refuse to listen? Hello? I just refuse to listen to what God says about my marriage. I, my way is better. My culture's way is better. My ideas about this is better. I'm gonna do it my way. I don't care what God says. Is it possible? Oh, I want to be blessed. I want my finances to be blessed. But I'm so hard-headed about how I handle my finances. I'm going to do it my way instead of God's way. I'm not going to listen to what God's word says about, about the borrower being a slave to the lender. No, I'm just going to keep getting those credit cards. Because my way is better. And I read this book that said if I get this credit card and I charge this up, then I can pay this credit card off with that credit card and I can do this thing and then I'll add in a little Bitcoin and everything will be okay. Instead of just obeying what God's word says about how I handle my finances. I'm going to do it my way. Some of us, our hearts have grown cold and hard and bitter Perhaps towards God in certain areas of our life because we've experienced disappointment or perhaps because we have not gotten what we thought we should get when we thought we should get it or perhaps because we believed false teaching because we didn't know the word for ourselves. We listened to a false teacher who was just trying to abuse us and manipulate us for their own benefit and good. Many of us oftentimes miss out on the blessings that God has for us because we've become cold and hard and bitter. And Jesus' disciples, that later from where I read to you earlier, they asked Jesus, they said, we need you to explain to us this parable that you taught us. And so he explained in, in verse 15, a little later in the chapter, he said, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. In other words, what Jesus was saying to them is when your heart is hard toward God in an area of your life, 
you you leave the seed that has been that has been that God has attempted to plant you leave it on the path and the enemy is literally able to come and steal it from you and so instead of ever enjoying the benefit of the blessing of God's word it never breaks through and therefore it never produces fruit let me ask you a question this morning i, I really want to i really want to encourage you be honest is there an area of your life that is off limits to the voice of God? Is there an area of your life that is off limits to the direction of God? See friend, as long as there are areas where I have decided that I know better, or I'm gonna do it my way, or I've been hurt too many times, or I've been rejected too many times, or, or, or this has cost me too much, and so I'm just going to cut myself off in this area, and God can talk to me about everything else, but he better not talk to me about this area because I've got this one under control. As long as there are places in my life that are off limits to the voice of God, I will not walk in or experience the fullness of the blessing that he has for me. The second type of response that Jesus illustrated through these parables was the emotional response. You see, emotional responses that lack discipline and accountability fade quickly. Emotional responses that lack discipline and accountability fade quickly. Some of us, we are emotional. Some of us have a tendency to respond to things in an emotional way. Pastor gets up and preaches about something and it's like, yes, I'm going to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my life and everything's going to be new and different. And when the emotions fade away, all of a sudden the application of that thing becomes difficult and hard. Some of us, we learn about opportunities and, and we, we have experiences and we make commitments, but when it becomes difficult and when it becomes hard and when we are challenged, the character that is necessary to carry us through to fruitfulness just isn't there. Jesus makes it clear. We cannot expect to have fruitfulness without rootedness. We cannot expect to have fruitfulness without rootedness. Where are you planted? What truth are you planted in? When I'm planted somewhere, it means that I'm not moving. No matter how much the wind blows, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how much the rain comes, when I'm really rooted somewhere, I'm not moving off of that truth. There are some of us in this room that need to get rooted into certain truths about our lives, certain truths about our marriage, certain truths about our finances, certain truths about our career. Some of us need to get rooted in the truth and determine in our hearts, I am not going to move from this place. Because this is where God has called me to be. This is who God has called me to be. This is how God has called me to be. We are not experienced 30, 60, and 100 fold fruitfulness in our life if we are not rooted. One of my favorite books of all times is called Integrity uh, by Henry Cloud. I would encourage you if you can find that book and you can find it online. I'm sure that you can. Uh, to get that book, it's called Integrity by, by Henry Cloud. And he talks about, in the book, the power of character. And basically, he says this, you can, you can have all the talent, you can have all the ability, you can have all the information, you can have all the skill, but if you don't have character, you're never going to reach your potential. 
Character is that staying power. It is that capacity to honor your word. It is that will, that, that determination to just keep staying in the same place because you know it's true regardless of what happens. An emotional response to God's word is not enough. We must have the character that it takes that even when things get tough, we're going to stick to it. Another thing that Jesus described that kills the fruitfulness of our life is a divided heart. Divided loyalties will always cut off our fruitfulness. Jesus was talking to his people that day and he wanted them to understand that if you're going to serve him, if you're going to follow him, you cannot have divided loyalty. I was talking earlier and I was making some of you nervous when I was talking about how this passage is taken out of context and turned into the Jesus lottery because many of us have bought into that, uh, into that preaching and into that teaching because it, it appeals to our flesh, it appeals to our greed, it appeals to our desire to have more. And, and as I was talking about that, the, the really what is so, to me, insidious about the abuse of this passage to make it about uh, material gain and material wealth is, is really the twisting of the passage is ironic because what Jesus is calling his followers to is not a life that is, that is all about material blessing and material stuff. What he's calling his followers to in this particular passage is, is not about what they're going to get, but all about how they're going to respond to what has been given to them. The 30, 60, 100 fold, uh, the blessing that Jesus is talking about is rooted or is centered around the idea of how you respond to the truth that God has given you. In other words, it really is all about discipline. It is really all about a life that says yes to what God's word says. Let me explore this a little bit further to you, with you. The thing that is so ironic about the twisting of this passage and turning it into a, a, a get-rich-quick scheme is that it actually is a twisting or an abuse of the discipline of what God's Word says about how we handle our finances. See, here's the thing. People want the blessing of the 30, 60, 100-fold return. They want the benefit of giving without the discipline of tithing. They want the benefit of playing the Jesus lottery without the life of participation in the Jesus economy. Boy, this is good stuff. God, from the beginning of his dealing with his people, have asked of them, have required of them a tithe. And it said, this is you surrendering your finances to me. This is you surrendering your finances to me and declaring that you are participating in my economy. Now, don't get me wrong, sowing and reaping is certainly a part of the kingdom. And the Bible teaches us that we sow and that we reap. I'm not, I'm not uh, dismissing that at all. But when you take scripture out of context and you twist it to play on the emotions and the feelings of people so that you can get money and they can move on, you have abused God's word and you've abused God's people. And what we do is what people have done is they manipulate us and they take scripture out of context and they play on those things about us that, that need and want and desire instead of teaching us the truth of what it means to be in the kingdom of God. Surrendering all of our finances to God 
means that we participate in the practice of tithing. But what we do, and I say we, I use that term very, very loosely, what preachers do, abusers of God's people do, is they get up and they don't teach on that stuff because they know that's hard and that's difficult. What they do is they stir you up emotionally just to get you to give that day so that they can get something from you instead of explaining to you that what God's word teaches is that all of our finances are his. And the way that we demonstrate that is through the discipline of tithing. And it's in the discipline of tithing, it's in the discipline of being in the economy of the kingdom of God, that then we have the freedom and we have the opportunity to benefit from the blessing of sowing and reaping. We want to do that because that's being rooted. That's being rooted. And those who abuse us, they don't want us to be rooted in Jesus. They just want to take advantage of us sad thing is is that we have aided and abetted a divided heart mentality around finances because it's easier to manipulate people into giving based off their emotions and their greed than it is to get them to a place where they learn to live in the discipline of handling their finances in a way that reflects God's kingdom. It would be easier for me to get up here and show you pictures of bloated bellies and and show you pictures of things that will emotively move you than it would be for me to just encourage you to obey the Lord and His voice and to give as He calls you to give. It would be easier for me to get up here and ramp you up emotionally and make promises to you when I take Scripture out of context to get you to give than it would be to just teach you to be faithfully every day, faithful every day. In your finances. Jesus wanted those who were following him to have hearts that were not divided, that weren't trying to live in greed and benefit off of the kingdom. You see, you see the distinction that I'm making. False teaching feeds our flesh, it feeds our flesh, but promises us the kingdom. It feeds our flesh, but promises us the kingdom. Jesus says, no, you can't have a divided heart. If you're going to receive the blessing of the kingdom, then your flesh has to be surrendered. Every part of you has to be surrendered to me. And when you surrender every part of me, that's when you enter into the life where you see 30, 60, 100 fold return. Not by playing the Jesus lottery. No, everything in your life, nothing is off limits. My heart is not hard and cold and bitter. My character is deep in Jesus and I am submitted to him. In all ways. Here's the thing. It's true about finances. It's true about every every part of our life when it comes to being a follower of Jesus. It's from cover to cover in scripture. It's the simple truth. You want a blessing? You want a 30, 60, 100 fold return? You want to walk in the blessings of God? You don't need to chase a preacher. You don't need to chase a prophet. You don't need to run after conference after conference. It's really simple. It's in scripture. If you want a blessing, here's where we get a blessing. The Bible teaches it. Obedience leads to blessing. Faithful, 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 fruitful. I'll go this way. Faithful, 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 fruitful. That's what scripture teaches. Not the Jesus lottery. 
Not the, not the do this one thing and all of a sudden it's going to magically make everything right in your life. Sign up for this conference or this program or read this book and then everything. No, 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 no. What the Bible teaches from cover to cover is faithful, 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 fruitful. Obedience to the word leads to blessing. Being good ground, the kind of ground that takes root, where the word takes root in your life, where the word isn't isolated only to certain parts of your life where you're comfortable, where the word isn't, isn't easily uprooted in your life, where the word isn't cut off because you've bifurcated your mind or your heart and your spirit, where the word is able to just grow and manifest itself. That's what leads to blessing See, acceptance of God's word leads to kingdom multiplication in our lives. Again, as Jesus was later in the chapter explaining this parable to his disciples, he said this, and the seed that, verse 20, and the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been Planted. Please read the passage in context. What had been planted was the word of God. This is not about the Jesus. God planted his word in you. And when I have a heart to receive it, I will benefit from the multiplication of the kingdom. This is not about me sowing some seed. And if I sow a seed, then I will get a 30, 60, 100 fold return. That is a false use of this scripture. This is about me hearing God, me allowing God's word to permeate my life, me applying it to every part of my life, and then as it's applied to every part of my life, it produces fruit in me. If you and I are going to live in blessing, we must be people who are surrendered in every part of our life. So let me ask you a question this morning. Are you teachable? Are you good ground? Do you hear and apply God's word in your life? Is there a limitation to where God can speak to you or what he can say to you or what's off limits or available to him? Are you hearing him as he speaks to you about every area of your life? Jesus went through three other parables in that passage, and it all boiled down to this. Are you really listening? Is my word really being planted in your life? Because if my word is really being planted in your life, nothing is off limits. And my word's effect in your life is limitless. Just close your eyes for a moment. Let's pray. Father, thank you for everyone who's here today. Thank you for the work that, they're do that you're doing in our lives. Lord, we ask for those who responded to Jesus this morning. God, that you would by your spirit seal them, Lord, and that you by your spirit would continue to grow them as disciples and followers of Jesus. For those of us who are wrestling with what your word said to us this morning, Lord, I pray that you would call us into a place of going deeper with you, that our, we would be good ground that your word can grow in. 
as disciples, as mature, effective disciples, we would know what Jesus said and we would do what Jesus did. I pray, Holy Spirit, help us with that. This week, may we walk in your blessings. May we walk in the blessings of rootedness, of maturity in your word as it's applied to every area of our life. Bless us, Lord, in our, in our marriages. Bless us in our relationships, on our jobs, everything that we touch and we do. May we do it in the blessing of the Lord as we are rooted in the truth of your word. God, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great week in the Lord.